Thank you all of you uh, here and uh, want to welcome you, especially if you're a first-time guest uh, here this morning. I want to welcome you. It's great to have you uh, here in our service and hope you feel welcome, hope you feel at home. If there's anything we can do for you, uh, let us know. I'll be at the door uh, when the service is over. You can ask me straight up, what, what can I do to help you? Uh, and for all of our members, we're, we're coming into part two of our series called Follow. And I uh, really appreciate Javier Amaya uh, breaking through and opening up our series on follow. And I hope you got a lot out of that last week and you got to chew on it. Uh, we're going to go into part two. And uh, if you missed any of last week or if you fall asleep today and you go, oh, no, I missed the most important point of my life, uh, you can go back on our website and watch it again. Uh, sometimes one time through isn't enough. So uh, whether you fall asleep or uh, you missed a point or someone distracted you with, a, you know, their iPhone or their, their, you know, their phone and said, hey, look at this, and you missed it, you can go back and listen. There's also some discussion questions in your newsletter. Uh, I encourage you to go over that because the goal is not just to hear things, but it's internalize it, reflect on it, have some conversations about what we're talking about because it is huge what we're, what we're doing. So in this whole series, uh, we looked at this last week, and, and I'm just going to kind of go over. Uh, we, Javier talked about this last week. He said this first point, it's huge. Being a sinner doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. But for a lot of us, we've got to understand, for people to come to church, they think they can't come to church, they can't listen to Jesus. Why? Because they're a sinner. And so they automatically feel this stiff arm. I want to assure you, you know, if you're, you're not, like, you know, uh, if you see yourself as a sinner, uh, as you heard Miguel share, uh, maybe move your valuables closer to you uh, during the service. Because I, I just want you guys to know we're all there. In fact, being a sinner doesn't disqualify you. It's, it's actually a prerequisite to follow Jesus. Because everybody who followed Jesus, everybody, before they followed Jesus, guess what they said? I'm a sinner. I'm a wreck. And we're going to see that again today. So here's an even bigger point that we looked at last week. And then this was, this was revolutionary because a lot of us, you know, this, this messes with us. Being, being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. Now, whoa, whoa, I thought you are supposed to believe to follow Jesus. No, no, no. What we're talking about in this series is when you follow Jesus, you have to understand that your faith is a work in progress. And so, you know, maybe you're in a position where I'm not sure if I believe in Jesus. You can still follow Jesus. In fact, what we saw last week is almost all of Jesus' followers at one point or another didn't have faith. In fact, one of Jesus' 12 apostles didn't have faith in Jesus. You go, wow, after two years, he still didn't have faith? Yeah, that's right. And the more you read about the followers of Jesus, the more you're going to understand. Uh, faith is a process. It's something that, that God does for us and, and builds in us. So just because you don't believe doesn't mean you can't read your Bible. In fact, I would encourage you because that's how you're going to grow your faith. You don't have to believe to read your Bible. You can, you can look at it and go over it. You can come to church and not believe. It's okay. See, because a lot of people were raised in an environment where you had to be all in to go to church, even to walk through that door right there. And we're trying to create, as you're going to see, an environment where people can not believe and still take a step towards following Jesus. Because that's what we see in the scriptures. So these two points are, are huge. And, and this is what religious, you know, and, and to follow Jesus isn't a religious decision. This is what religion says. Change and you can join us. 
In fact, this is a message that I heard a long, for a long time. I should not go to church. Why? Because I'm unchanged. I got a lot to change. I got a lot of stuff going on. So I, I, until, until I change, then I can go to church. That's what religion tells us. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this, join us and you will change. Join us and you will change. And this was Jesus's invitation. Listen, come near to me and watch what happens. Start hanging around with me. Start, start learning about me. Start learning about what I am trying to teach you. And guess what's going to happen to your marriage, to your family, to your life, to your, your situation at work? Things are going to start changing. See, what we look at sometimes when, when you talk about change is you wake up one morning and you say, bam, today's the day and I'm going to change everything that's wrong in my life. If you talk to people in this room, what are they going to tell you? have changed. No, it's not one day. It's a process. See, one day you wake up and you say, I'm going to follow Jesus today. And, and because of that relationship, what starts happening? Change starts happening. And it's a process. And I got news for you guys. Even though I'm a minister, I'm still changing. I'm not done changing. I got a lot more to change. Okay. And so it's a process. Join us and you will change. So today we're going to look at a narrative about follow. Last week, we looked at one. Anybody remember who we looked at last week? Matthew. And, and, and we're going to look at Matthew, but it's not about Matthew this week. We're going to look at somebody else, okay, who Jesus invited, come follow me. But we're going to look at Matthew's narrative. The incredible thing about the Gospels is you get four vantage points. There are four accounts of Jesus' life. So from those four, you get what? Different vantage points. You get to see different perspectives about the same guy. And so there are four. You got Matthew. Anybody know the next one? Mark, Luke, and John. Now, you don't have to know this, okay, to, to come to church. It's not, it's not Bible. It's not Sunday school, okay? Don't worry. But these four different accounts, Matthew was an eyewitness, we learned about him last week. He was there. He heard Jesus. He interacted with Jesus. So he wrote what he saw. But his audience, who he wrote to, anybody know who Matthew's gospel was addressed to? Because this is important. Who was it written to? Was it written to non-Jews or Jews? Jews, totally. So his, his audience was people who what? Already believed. They believed in the, the scriptures. They believed in the Old Testament. They knew something about the Messiah. And so for that reason, things get left out. So we're going to look at this narrative, but remember, it is from the vantage point. And this is the narrative that I heard sometimes in church. And you're going to see why it, it's intense and it may be a little too much too soon. Okay, so let's read about it. Here's, here's Matthew's version. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. And he said, follow me. Now, this is Matthew talking about himself. Okay, and then, then this is another narrative. As Jesus went on from there, okay, this is actually, you know what? I need some help from the back. Okay, guys, I need you to upload the lesson for today. This is last week's. It happens. Okay, it happens. Okay, we ready? No, wait a second. Wait a second. It's just a couple of slides. Stop. Don't change it. I had a couple slides from last week. Forgive me. 
Okay, this is where we're starting. Matthew's version. Okay, so just forget everything I said. <laughs> this is Matthew's version of an invitation that he made to guess who? Peter. Okay, so here it is. Matthew 4, verse 18. Shh, everybody breathe. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and guess who I get named after? I got my name from him, okay? And his brother, Andrew, we got some Andrews in the house. Any Andrews? Okay, you probably got named after him, okay? They were casting their nets. They were casting their nets into the lake for they were fishermen. Now, this is Matthew's account, okay? We read on verse, verse 19 and 20. Come follow me, Jesus said to them, and I will send you out to be fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now, wait a minute. A guy with sandals walks up out of nowhere and says, come follow me. And they drop their nets and they go, okay, let's go. I'm going with you. This is the narrative that I heard sometimes in church. And it's strong. You don't know anything about Jesus. You're here for the first time at church. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus is Lord of all or not at all. You decide. You know what you're going to decide? Well, I guess he's not Lord at all because I'm not ready. And neither were these guys, okay, because there's more to the story. It gets worse. Look at that. you got these two guys, Andrew and Peter, and at once it says, at once they left their nets, okay? And we read on these other two guys. we got James and his brother. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, they were in the boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. It goes on from there. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Now, again, guy you'd never met walks up to you in sandals, and you drop everything and go follow Jesus. Is that, is that the way it happens? Is that the way it happened? This is the way it was described to me for a while in church. I was like, man, I don't know. That's strong. That's intense. Now, this doesn't seem spiritual to me. This seems irresponsible. I mean, here comes this guy walking up, beard, long hair, sandals. You've never seen him before. He says, hey, I want you to come follow me. You're going to change your occupation. You're going to leave your family. You're going to leave your father in his boat. You're going to leave the family business. You're going to leave everything and you're going to come and follow me. You don't know anything about me. Seems irresponsible to me. I mean, could you imagine that? James and, James and John saying, hey, Dad, good luck with the family business. Tell Mom her cooking's great, but we got to go. Peace out. <laughs> could you imagine that? I mean, this is, this, is what, this is the kind of narrative in some churches where it's taught. you got to be all in or all out. It's your choice. Now, the good news is, because we're not from a Jewish background and we don't have big faith like they did. We got another version and we got Luke's version. Now, who was Luke writing his gospel to? Guess who? Gentiles, you and me. People with no, no background, no understanding maybe of the Old Testament and maybe very little, if any, faith. Because see, there's more that happened in this story 
that we don't know about. And the great thing about the scriptures is you've got different vantage points, and Luke is like the woman's version because he gives incredible detail to everything, like what she was wearing, the shoes, etc., all kinds of details, and we're going to see this. But you and I need those details, right? Because we're starting from scratch. We need some details. I need details. Give me some of the goods. So Luke does that. And Luke says in the beginning of his gospel, he did a thorough investigation. Although he wasn't an eyewitness, he talked to a lot of people to find out what happened. He talked to Jesus' mom. He talked to these guys, the followers of Jesus. He talked to a lot of people. So he did a thorough investigation of, of what happened. Okay? And so Luke's going to help us out. Ready? All right, so let's hear, let's hear what happened. This story that, that, that we're talking about here happens in this area of the world called, anybody know? Palestine. Today it's called Palestine or Israel. Okay, and this, this situation that we're going to look at happened right here. It's called the Sea of Galilee. Okay, it's a huge lake, but they called it a sea because of all the wind and the storms, and it, it felt like a sea. It's huge. It's eight miles across, 11, across, 11 miles long, and it's very deep. Uh, it goes way, way, way below the sea level, okay? And that's going to be important later, but right in here. And also, this is on a clear day on the short angle. I don't know if you can see this, but on a clear day, you can see the other side. You can see this on the short angle. A number of years ago, I got invited to go to the, to the, the Holy Land, and it was cool because we got to go out onto the Sea of Galilee. And we were there in Capernaum and we were standing on the beach and we're like, man, this is where Jesus was. This is where he taught, you know, it might've been where he taught because it's a large area. But we went out on a boat and we got to go on a boat trip across the Sea of Galilee. And, and one of our, one of our uh, uh, ministers that went with us, he, he gave us a devotional on the boat. And he shared about these, these stories of Jesus and how he interacted. And it was so cool that we were there. We even got to go on the other side. And I want to show you this. We had, we had what's called Peter's fish. Now, this is the fish that they harvest out of the Sea of Galilee. Okay, it's a little strong, but, but this is it. And this is exactly what we had. It's a typical. It's called Peter's fish. You got fries. They do this for Americans, you know, because it's a tourist trap. I don't think they had French fries, you know, in the first century. Okay. Or maybe they had rice, I don't know, but probably some greens. But this is what it was. Uh, you know, it was good. I wouldn't say it's on my top ten, you know, but it was good. But this is what we did, okay, when we were there. And, and it, you know, it's, it's intense when you get to see a place and go, this place exists. This isn't a fortune, you know, a, 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 a mother's tale. You know, this is a real place and a real situation that you get to witness. So we read on. Luke. This is Luke's version, verse 1. One day... As Jesus was standing by the lake of Gerizimeth, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. So he gives us more. Okay, so Jesus didn't just walk up on Peter and walk up on John and James and Andrew. He was there teaching. And people were crowding. There could have been, at that time, thousands of people standing there listening to Jesus. And this is important. They were doing what? Listening. This is huge. Because before you can get faith, you have to listen. We, our faith is hinging upon information. 
You can't make decisions of faith without information. And let me tell you this. If somebody's telling you, you don't need any more information, you need to have blind faith and just do it. You know what you need to do when you hear that? Go the other direction. That's not the way Jesus operated. In fact, Jesus came to close the gap between us and God and make our faith stronger. That's why he taught so much. And he taught us in a way that we could understand. He used parables. So he was trying to give us the information. So where was Peter? Where was Andrew? Where was James? As Jesus is teaching the word of God and they're listening. This is what it says in verse 2. Okay? Verse 2 here. He saw that the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So as Jesus is teaching, what's Andrew, Peter, James, and John doing at that time? Now, as a fisherman, what they did is they went out and fished all night. When the morning came, they brought in their nets and they took all the sunglasses and beer cans out of the, out of the net. They cleaned their nets and then they fixed the nets if they broke and then they hung them up to dry and then they put the nets away for the next day or the next time that they were going to fish. So what were they doing as Jesus is teaching? They're doing their work. But as they're doing their work, what are they doing? They're listening. They're hearing Jesus as he's teaching, as he's doing his thing. And so as Jesus is teaching now, I want you to understand when Jesus is teaching there on the shore, thousands of people, there wasn't like a, a stage or, 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 or pews or, or chairs. So people crowded in on him. And if, I, you know, if you were there, what would you want to do? Let's get as close to Jesus as we can get. And everybody wants to get close to Jesus. So what's happening? Jesus is moving back and back. Maybe he's knee deep in the water and he says, you know what? I got to get into something to keep the crowd from or else they're going to drown me here in the water. So he got into one of the boats. Guess whose boat it was? It says it right here. He got into one of the boats belonging to Simon Peter and asked him to put out a little bit from shore. So here's his first interaction with Peter. Hey, Pete. Yo, can I use your boat? Can I stand in your boat and can you put out a little to shore so that I can continue to teach these people? And Peter said, sure. And so that's what he did. But this is the first interaction with Peter. So it goes on. Then he sat down in the boat and did what? And taught. He taught people from the boat. So Peter helped him out, but guess what's going on? There's more teaching involved. There's more information. Faith comes from hearing information. Faith grows as you hear the message of the gospel. And if your faith is weak, what I'm going to tell you is you don't know to need to go all in. You need information. You need to, you need to start following and listening and, and hearing so your faith can get bigger. And that's what Peter and Andrew and John and James were doing at this time. So Peter is sitting there, and he's working, and he's listening. He's working, and he's listening. And he's working, and he's listening. Following involves listening. You can't just make up, wake up in the morning, I'm going to follow Jesus. That's not how it happened. They started following because they were listening. 
And faith is built around content and information. Here's a verse you can write down and look at later. Romans 10, verse 17. Anybody know what that, that verse says? It says this. It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. So if you want faith, you got to listen. And I appreciate the fact that you're here today because you're going to get some of the message and what happens. But it's not like this one thing. Okay, so here we continue. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon. Okay, so church is over. And then he goes and talks to Simon. Now, what do you think he said to him? He said, you know, he asked him a question maybe. He said, so, Peter, what would you think of the sermon? What would you think of the lesson? He said, that was good. It's pretty good. I liked it. Okay, then now I want you to leave everything, leave your boat, leave your family, leave everything and come follow me. Did he do that? But they had an interaction. Now, here's an interesting thing. I want you to watch what happens. If you're not, if you're text messaging and you've got some other things going on, come on back here because this is important. This is where it's going to get interesting for you and me. Okay, so here's what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now he's asking something to Jesus. He's asking, Jesus asking something to Peter. He's asking him to take a step. Okay, now I want you to understand, for Peter, what had they just finished doing? Cleaning, drying, and putting away the nets. And what had Peter been doing all night long the night before? So how do you think he's feeling at that moment? I'm exhausted, dude. Let me take a rest. We can go tonight. Can we go tonight? And I want you to understand, this is, this is huge. Jesus was asking Peter to do something he had done a thousand times before, ever since he was a little boy with his father. He's asking him to do something he had done a thousand times before, but to do it differently. And here's the difference. He asked him to do it, not Peter's way, but whose way? Jesus' way. And Jesus' way for a fisherman made no sense. When do you fish? When do fishermen fish? You fish, no, you don't fish in the morning, you fish at night. Remember, and we're going to see it again. They fish at night. Why do they fish in, in, in the, 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 the Sea of Galilee at night? Because it's a very deep lake, and it's a very hot place. So in the daytime, the sun is hot. What happens to the top part of the water? It's hot. But when the sun goes down, what happens? It cools off, and the fish come up. It makes no sense whatsoever to fish in the heat of the sun. Okay, so we read on. Verse 5. Simon answered. Now, he goes, master. And what's that tell you, that word master? How's, how's, how's he treating him? There's some respect. He's a teacher. He's a rabbi. There's some respect there. Okay? He says, listen, Jesus, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Number one, you don't fish in the day. Number two, the fish aren't biting. We were out all night. But listen, here's where it gets cool. Because this is, this is, this is something interesting that he did. And, and I want you to watch this. What was at stake for Peter? Jesus asking him, hey, can we go fishing? Let's go fishing. Will you take me fishing, Peter? You know, Jesus, 
it's not the time to fish. It's, it's, we did it all night. The nets are all put away. It's like, let's go horseback riding when you've already groomed, cleaned, and put away the saddles, and the horse has been fed, and they're in the barn. You turn around and do it again? Or, or you, let's go off-roading, right? And just clean the truck. You wash it down. It's, it's ready for whenever you're going to use it again. But would you turn around and go again? This was kind of an ask, a big ask. But what was at stake for Peter? Just a fishing trip. Let's read on. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything but because you say so. Now, this is huge. You say so. What's this tell you about Peter right now? He's got, got a little bit of faith. He'd been, hurt. He'd been hearing the message. He'd been listening to what Jesus said. And he said, this guy's good. And I think I've heard some stories about him. He's healed some people. He does some crazy things. And I kind of like him. And it looks like there's about a thousand other people here that like him too. And he's got something to say. So you know what? If he is, if he is who he says he is, this could be interesting. This could be a fishing trip like no other fishing trip. So I'm going to humor him. Okay? I'll go along with it. And I'll, I'll do it. I'll let down the nets. Okay? We probably won't catch anything, but because you say so. Now, there, there's a lot of things hanging here. What would other people think if he took them out fishing during the day? Peter, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Why are you taking him fishing? It's the middle of the day. Okay, you don't do that. It could have been his reputation. It could have been all the work. He's tired, he's exhausted. You know how guys are when they're tired, right? Two things, tired and hungry, not good things for guys. Okay, get moody. But P Peter says, oh, I'm going to do it. What's hanging in the balance with this fishing trip? Check this out. And all of us, all of us in our, in our lives today, I want you to understand this. Today, this is going to come home for you. Some of you are in a similar place. And I would say most of us here today are in a similar place as Peter. Because Jesus is asking you to take a step. Not all or nothing. Not leave your family business, leave your family, go and do everything, follow Jesus, wear sandals and be like Jesus for the rest of your life. No, no, no. He's asking you for a specific thing and a specific step of faith. Let's go fishing. And you're thinking about it. And you know, somebody, uh, God's nudging you. God's nudging you. You got to take a step. Come on. Let's do this. It may not be a big step, but it's a small step. And so what's hanging in the balance for Peter? A fishing trip? This is St. Peter's Basilica. What if Jesus could open the curtains and say, Peter, if you take me fishing, look what's going to happen. They're going to build a whole square. St. Peter's Basilica. They're going to build a plaza in your honor. This is what's hanging in the balance here, Peter, right here. Now, Jesus didn't do this, but what if he had? Peter, they're going to name people after you thousands of years later. That's how significant this trip is, this fishing trip is in your life. What's hanging in the balance? All of this. And you know what? Peter, what's this? You know what this is? This is your tomb. This is where they're going to bury you. This is called, called St. Peter's Basilica. This is, this is it. This is the, the place. Look on the inside. This is amazing. I mean, Peter, check it out. Look at these pews. Look how many pews are here, Peter. What are pews? 
Peter, Peter, pews are where people sit for church. This was one of the most greatest constructions in history. It took them 118 years to build Peter. And it's going to be named after you, Peter. Peter's like, okay, so take the boat. Go fishing. Let, go, go. Go fishing already. I don't know about all of this. But as you know, it's one fishing trip. There's a lot hanging in the balance. Right? Let me tell you something. What's hanging in the balance in your life? Just think about it. It may appear as a fishing trip. It may appear as a next step. It may appear, you're just going to start reading the Bible. You're going to start, you're going to start praying to God. You're going to start something, whatever it is. You're going to come back next week. Just that one step, what's hanging in the balance? It's huge. Peter, just like you, had no idea what was going to happen from a fishing trip. So let's watch what happens in the fishing trip. He said, I'll go. I'll take that step. So let's watch it. Verse 6 of Luke. When they had done so. Now this is big. Not believed so. Not intended to. Done so. Here's another big thing from faith. Faith comes from doing things. Not thinking about it. Doing things. Your faith will grow when you do something. When you take that step. When they had done so, look what happens. They, cut su- they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. Not only that, in verse 7, so they signaled to their partners. Who are they, who are they signaling? Anybody know? James, James and, and, and James and John. Hey, guys, help us out. We're about to go under. There's so many fish. So they signaled the other partners and the other boats to come and help them. And so they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. How about this fishing trip? Now, what do you think Peter's reaction to this is? What would your reaction be? Yeah, I mean, let's throw a party, dude. I don't have to work for four weeks. There's some, look, there, we got people, we got fish. We could sell all these fish. I can take a month vacation. He could start jumping and, and, and yelling and celebrating. Hey, guys, we, 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 you know, we're in the money. We're, he could have done all of that, right? What did he do? When Simon Peter saw this, when he saw this, what was his reaction? He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. Now, remember, Lord, what did he call him before? for, For a Jew, for a Jew. This word right here is huge. What Peter was saying to Jesus is, you're the Messiah. You're the one. I believe. And then he says here, this, this, is, this is crazy. Go away, Lord. He falls on his knees, a grown man, at Peter's feet, and says, I'm a sinful man. What, what does this have to do with fishing? Tell me. 
What's that got to do with fishing? Absolutely nothing to do with fishing. See, you take that next step, and it's not even going to be about that anymore. See, because what happens is, is you, take a, you take a little step of faith and, 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 and intersects with God's will in your life. And then the curtains open. And two things happen here. Peter saw who Jesus was, and he saw who he was. Right? When you take that step of faith, you're going to see who Jesus is in your life individually, and you're going to see who you are. Who are you? Who are we? Are we good people? Peter, Peter, it all came back on him. And it was just like everything came back on him. My lack of faith, my, I, I've been a rebellious son. I, I've, been, I've been fighting God's will my whole life. He, he went back and thought about his marriage. He went back and thought about his kids. He thought about all the things that he was doing that were ruining his family and his life. Jesus, I, I don't even deserve to be around you. You're, you're at another level. And so... When you think about this, we read on. Jesus says to Simon, we're going to skip a verse, it's verse 10. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. See, now, we got to be honest. When you see something like this going on around you and there's stuff going on in your life, what happens? You get afraid. Because this is big. This is huge. And you get scared. And, 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 and Jesus calms him. He says, listen, listen, Peter, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is going to turn out incredible for you because what he says here is he goes, from now on, from this day forward, Peter, from here forward, you will fish for people. What's that say right there? I got a plan for you. This, this is God. Listen, listen, listen. This is God speaking to Peter. When you take a step of faith, God speaks to you, and, and your, your little faith intersects with God's will, and then stuff starts happening, and then you get this message. I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan for you. I'm going to use your life for something special, and no one else can do what you do. That's what he's saying. And Peter, this isn't about fish anymore. This is about who? People. One of the things you're going to find out in life, the values that we have or we think we have mean nothing. And you know what means more than anything else in this life? People. What kind of people? Your family friends and there's a value of God in your life and see God God opens these doors God makes all these things possible and so when when your step of faith intersects with God's will everything everything changes and what was the big step for Peter can I trust Jesus and he's not asking you to do everything today. If you're a guest here today, I want you to understand this isn't about you giving your whole life to Jesus today. This is about you going fishing with Jesus. Now, what's that mean? 
I don't know. But I know, I know this because it happened to me and it happens to everybody. God is asking you to take a step in his direction. That next step. And you know what it is. And if you don't know, then hang around. It'll be clear. Okay, it'll be clear what God wants to do. But Jesus came, Jesus came to do this, to close the gap. And what did he do for Peter? He created trust. Peter, if you do what I'm asking you to do, what's going to happen to your life? See this catch of fish? This is just, this is fish. This is what I'm going to do on a grand scale. You have no idea what I'm about to do in your life. So we read it. This is, so don't you like Luke's version a little bit better? A little more information, right? Little more detail in this whole process. And I want you to understand this today. It's not about you getting, leaving here and go, it's either all in for Jesus or don't come back. No, that's not what we're talking about. And it wasn't that way for Peter. Then you see what happens. So they pulled up their boats on the shore and did what? They left everything and followed him. Now, what would you do? Wouldn't you do the same thing after you just witnessed this incredible thing and knowing where your life is, knowing what's going on in your life? I would have done the same thing. I would have followed Jesus. I would have said, you know what? I'm wasting my time running around after all these things, following all these other things. I'm going to follow somebody who's going to take me in the right direction. I've been following my friends. I've been following the crowd. Now I'm going to follow somebody who knows where he's going. Jesus knows where he's going. And look what he's doing by these little steps that I've taken. See, when I was in college, I was looking around and I was watching what everybody was following. Money, success, you know, material things, objects. And I would sit and go, go, wait a second, is this what it's all about? No, this seems empty to me. See, something like a dead end right here. And what happens when it's over? So I was already thinking. And so this decision for me is God was already working in my life. And so this decision came a lot easier because I said, I'm going to follow somebody who's going to lead me in the right direction. So let's wrap this up. Four things I want to leave you with. And this includes all of us. Everybody here falls into one of these four categories. Okay? When you're following Jesus, there's four phases. Number one, and this may be for some of you, what's your next step? You may just need to sit and listen. That's step number one. Just sit and listen. What, what does sit and listen mean? Come back next week. Come back next week or, or, or try this. Start reading your Bible. Well, I'm not sure if I believe it. Is that ever, like we already covered that, didn't we? You don't need to believe it to read it. In fact, if you read it, you'll start asking the question, what if this is true? What if this is true? This has implications for my life. So this is the first one. Just just sit and listen. And that means, hey, have coffee with somebody who invited you. Talk about it. Ask questions. Get some dialogue going on. Then, then we got the next one. You got to sit and listen. And then the, the next one is loan him the boat. Loan him the boat. Let him, let him use your boat. And what's this about? 
another step. For, for some of you, it may mean, hey, would you get together with somebody and do a Bible study this week? Because you're already, you know, yeah, I think, I think the Bible is the word of God. And how, how about if I take this next step or, or go to a small group this week? Talk to the person who invited you and go to small group this week. Get around some other people who are following Jesus or trying to follow Jesus and, and see what's going on there. This is what worked for me. You know where it started for me is dinner. That's important for guys. And the food was good. You know, it was real good. And there was a lot of food. And so I would go and I would hang around these people and I'd go, man, these, these are good people. These people are generous and, and, and the food's good and, and they're loving and they're telling me about their story and all this stuff. So, and, and maybe you don't have a boat, but would you loan Jesus some of your time? Would you make a little time? Because that's your boat. Time is your boat. Would you loan him a little bit of your time? And then number three, take him fishing. What's take him fishing mean? Take him fishing means this. It means you, you, may have to, you may have to give a particular area of your life over to him to, so he can show you what he can do with it. Usually means three areas. A relationship. Let him have that relationship. What do I mean by that? You're hanging around with a group of people that you know are taking you in the wrong direction. I had that. And so by taking Jesus fishing means I'm going to change the group of people that I'm going to hang around. I'm going to change some relationships. Maybe you're involved in a relationship with a woman or a man that you know this relationship is headed in the wrong direction. I had one of those. Take Jesus fishing means I'm going to, I'm going to end what I know is already going to end anyway. It's not going to work. Yeah, but she's cute. Yeah, there's a lot of cute people out there. You know it's not going to work. Would you give Jesus a chance and take him fishing and go in a different direction? A another one, relationships. Another one is your career, your profession. Would you work a little less so you can be with your family? Would you, would you, I know you've done things. These three things are your, your, your relationships, your profession, and maybe your finances. And these three things you've been doing a thousand times. You've been doing these things a thousand times the same way. And Jesus is saying, hey, would you take one of those three areas and do it my way? And the last one's finances, and it has to do with you maybe being a little more generous. Instead of hoarding it for yourself, would you give? Would you give to him? Would you give to somebody in need? Would you set aside some of your money so that he could take you fishing and show you what he can do with it? This is a little more, this third step. And then the last step is, this is the big one, when you're ready. And, and some of you have been in this situation because leave your nets. That's what Jesus asked Peter to do after the miracle, after the fishing trip, after, and this is when he'd already fell on his knees and he said, Jesus, you're it. You're Lord, and I'm a sinner. I need you. I'm going to follow you. And what does Jesus say at that point? Leave your nets. That means you're all in. That means from here forward, Jesus, you're directing the steps of my life. 
Now notice, is this number one? Leave your nets. This is number four. It's progressive. But some of you have already made this decision to leave your nets. And what's happened? You've gone back to your nets. See, because you're, you're doing it again the way you used to do it. It's not all for Jesus now. It's, well, a little for Jesus, a little not for Jesus. Now, you know, you, you ask yourself your schedule and your day, and I, and I want to take some time out. For you guys that are a guest here today, you can take a break. Check, check your email or check a text message. This is for our members. I got to talk to you guys about this last one. Have you left your nets? Yes, you did. Have you gone back and got them again? Are you doing things the way you used to do it? Is your schedule the way you used to it to do it? Look at your schedule this week. Ask yourself the question, who and what are you following? For, for our high school students, you know, some of you that already made that decision to follow Jesus, who are you following now that school's back in session? Are you following Jesus or are you following your friends? Are you taking a stand? And hey, I know it's tough, but who are you following? Are you following the crowd? And this, this applies for all of us. You know, we can put students on the spot, but guess what, mom and dad? Guess who you're following? You're following people at work. You're following people next door. You're comparing what you have to what they have, and you're running around, and you've got no time for God. You've got no time for Jesus either. That's a concern. Because what's hanging in the balance? Remember. What's hanging in the balance when you go back to your nets? How's that going to affect your marriage? How's that going to affect your family? How's that going to affect who you marry in the future if you go back to following the crowd? And I, I, I get a front row, and I've shared this with you guys. I get a front row seat where I watch this. I watch people go back to their nets. And they're coming to church and, you know, they're, they're, I'm a Christian and I'm a member of the Lighthouse Church and they go back to their nets. And guess what happens? Their lives become unraveled. Their marriages become unraveled. And then their phone starts to ring. We're doing bad. Things are not going well. It's a mess at home. We're fighting all the time. The kids are not doing well. It's not going well at work. I'm thinking about the D word. Divorce? What? Isn't that what everybody else is doing out there? So who are you following? And it's not one day. It's been an accumulation for months. You've been following somebody other than Jesus, and look what's happened. Open the curtains. What's hanging in the balance today? Brother, sister, what's hanging in the balance today with your decision to leave your nets? You did it once. Why won't you do it again? Why won't you stay here and let God work in your life? Let generations of people know about Jesus the same way Peter did. So friends, guests, come on back. 
What's hanging in the balance for all of us? And, and all of us, we're, we're one of these four, okay? There is a next step for all of us. There's a next step for every single one of us. And, and look at all these people here today. I can't tell you what your next step is. But I would say there's something nudging you and gnawing at you and saying to you, and you know what it is. And it's not everything. It's one thing. It's one thing. Are you willing to take that next step? Boy, it's going to make a big difference. And it's simple. Just follow Jesus. Well, who's Jesus? Hey, that's what you need to find out. And it's right here. There's, so, there's more information about Jesus than anybody in the history of the world from his time frame. There's so much information about Jesus. It's not a mystery. It's not a secret. You can follow him. So are you willing to take that next step? And there's a lot hanging in the balance. Don't deny it. Some of you don't even have kids yet. Their future's hanging in your, in the balance of this decision. Just like Peter that day, a fishing trip made all the difference. A, a decision to study the Bible today, this week, to come back next week could make all the difference. To say no in that relationship, and you know, you can go through it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to take that next step because she's too cute. The price is too high. I, I don't want to do this next step. It's too much. Really? There's a lot hanging here. And I know in a few years, you'll, you'll look back and you'll, you'll understand. So let's wrap it up with a prayer. I, I really hope that God and your, your little faith, whatever your faith is, can intersect so he can do an amazing thing just like what we saw today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for... This, this morning, thank you for the example of Peter. Thank you for his faith, God. Thank you for the way that he, he took that step of faith to trust you. And I, I pray, God, that all of us here today, you know what our step is, and we know to a great degree what our next step is. Maybe it's to sit and listen. Maybe, maybe it's to loan you our boat, our time. Maybe, maybe it's to go fishing with Jesus. And for a lot of us here today, God, it is about leaving our nets again. Forgive us, God, for going back to our nets and help us to put you where you belong, that you're our Lord and that we can fall on our knees when we go home and say, Lord, 